Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. Our Reasonable Voices today from the Grammy-nominated band Dozat Samuri, Matt Dozat, and Heather Samuri, here to talk to us on behalf of the In It Together to Fight Cancer campaign. Matt Dozat and Heather Samuri have also been featured on the Saw Three motion picture soundtrack in their previous incarnation, Hydro Vibe. After overcoming breast cancer, Los Angeles singer-songwriter power duo Dozat Samuri is collaborating with the American Cancer Society to raise money via an anthem of hope and unity. We'll talk more about that in a bit with Dozat Samuri's newest single, In It Together, which will launch its video premiere at 1 p.m. November 13, 2020. So... Welcome Grammy-nominated duo Heather Samuri and Matt Dozat to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. How are the two of you today? Thanks for having us. We're doing great. We're excited about this campaign launch. I know. It's, it sounds exciting, you know. I mean, talk about snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, for heaven's sake. Which reminds me, first of all, I should say congratulations both for the Grammy nomination and also for being a cancer survivor. Thank you very much. Yeah. Heather, let's start with you. The okay. two The two of you were on tour with Pat Benatar and Rick Springfield when you discovered something that most women uh, live in fear of discovering. Can you tell us about yeah. that moment? Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to always joke that life as a musician is a roller coaster. You know, sometimes you've got really high highs and then you get these really low lows. And this was the biggest. I mean, we were out there every night in front of just so many people playing and, you know, Pat Benatar, who's just an icon for every female singer, mm. um, you know, every night is saying, listen to Dozat St. Marie, how the, aren't they amazing? And you know, people are eating it up. I mean, we were just at the top, mm-hmm. you know, and it was amazing. And I was getting ready for one of the last shows of the tour. And I came out of the shower and I'm just like, Matt, you know, this lump here, I felt something and I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just like a little bone or something, but it kept getting bigger. And I said, I don't think this is right. 
And he said, I can see it across the hotel room. Oh, my. And, you know, yeah. And I had had one of these in the past. It ended up just being like a little benign cyst. And so I told myself, you know, you've got to compartmentalize, right? And I said, mm. you know, it's nothing. It's fine. It's going to be fine. But I'm going to step on top of it. And I'm going to. I called my doctor and I said, I'm going to be back in Los Angeles on this date. He said, let's get you in the very next day. Hmm. And so, you know, you just kind of put it away as much as you can to have good shows. And we got back to LA and I kept telling myself, this is not going to be anything. It'll be fine. And it escalated really quickly and it wasn't fine. Hmm. And, you know, we found out, um, my doctor was going out of the country. And so the nurse had to call me because she said, I just don't want to wait a month till he gets back mm. so all I know is you have cancer I'm really not qualified to tell you any more than that you know but you can pick up your lab report and I think here's a you know an oncologist I think you need to jump on this now and that was terrifying yeah it was the unknown and the lowest of the low we really didn't know you know how bad it was or anything and you know it was scary but Matt and I, you know, through our lives and especially through touring, you know, a lot of times you don't know what the next day is going to hold. So you just put one foot in front of the other. Yes. And that's kind of what we did, you know. And so when we found out and went to the oncologist, I was very fortunate. Los Angeles, I mean, there were so many options. And we found an amazing team at UCLA. And they were wonderful and just so supportive. And so, you know, we just said, all right, this is our new battle. You know, it's not going to be touring and making fans and selling CDs. Now it's just beating this. Yes. And, you know, uh, we initially thought we weren't going to say anything. But, um, you know, people started noticing we were not. We were canceling shows, which we never do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, turning down things. And so it was like it was obvious something was going on. Yes. And when, you know, we started canceling some shows with Rick Springfield and he was just like, what's going on? This isn't right. And his you know, manager told him that we were canceling because I was now battling cancer. And it was amazing because, you know, he, he's such a, a rare gem in the industry mm -hmm. because, you know, he contacted us immediately and he said, look, you guys are going to be fine. You fight. We, you've got our love and support. And when you're ready, you've got a spot on stage with us. Wow. And so it gave us, yeah, I mean, it was beautiful. And it gave us something like that light at the end of the tunnel to look at and yes. focus on while we were going through everything, you know. So, and so, uh, yeah, it's kind of where we were at. Yeah, it, it sounds like you went from touring mode into cancer fighting mode and you're using the same sort of self-starter stand-up approach to life. Did you find yeah. that that was the case? Yeah, you summed it up. I mean, really, you know, and that, I mean, I'm taking over here, but if you want to join in, I mean, that's really what we did. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, how, that, was, that was it. I mean, it's the same kind of work ethic as we're, we're very DIY uh -huh. in our uh, music career. We always have been. We're like huge advocates for DIY. And so we really just applied kind of the same work ethic. And you're exactly right. I mean, we were full on go in tour mode, and then we got this cancer diagnosis, and we really just flip that switch and it's like okay now we're in battle mode and mm. we just kind of woke up every day with that same drive to just beat this thing and you know obviously rick you know kind of gave us some inspiration with his messages you know as soon as you beat it you've got a place on stage with us again and so yeah that really kind of helped in some of the harder times it's like well it gives you something to fight for and exactly. I think that's what everybody needs exactly purpose you know i wonder matt how did this conversation go uh to decide to go public with this i mean it's a very personal medical condition 
what made you decide to go public? I mean, you, you guys sat down and talked about it? What? what? Mm -hmm. We did. Uh, and we got advice from uh, people that have gone through it. Um, and we usually kind of follow advice from wise folks. But mm -hmm. this time we went with our gut because a lot of the advice we got was maybe don't share because it's – and the reason behind it is because when you do – it's it becomes a lot of work and you have to there's a lot of information you know because people then they're concerned and so they they kind of don't demand information but you know there's a lot of information going back and forth and it, it's a lot of work to kind of to, to go public and so you know we talked about it and just decided that you know we we do have a platform we do have an audience it would be a very responsible thing for us to do to share this to kind of um we knew that people were going to be very shocked Yes, because you know, you, you don't expect, you know, you got this duo that's just doing all this awesome stuff here on tour with Pat Benatar and Rick Springfield. We knew it was going to be a huge shock mm -hmm. and it's going to shake people at their foundation. And so we thought, okay, this is now very, this is a moment to do something really responsible with this platform and share this journey to normalize these things, to let people know that nobody is invincible uh, or immune to these things and yes. life hands you you know these these you know ugly gifts sometimes it's yeah. what you do with it that matters and so we really we made that conscientious decision to share as much as we could yes we weren't extremely diligent because cancer battle is absolutely exhausting mm. mentally physically spiritually financially everything yes. so we did the best we could in sharing, mm -hmm. but um, it proved to be a, a very, very good thing because we started getting women contacting us saying, you know, because of you sharing your story, it inspired me to go get a mammogram that I've really been putting off for ages. Yeah. And then some of these women further reported, hey, I did get this mammogram because of your story and I found out I have early stage breast cancer. This now has saved my life. Wow, Heather, so, I've jumped. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. I, I was just no. I was just wondering, uh, Heather, about the public response to the news of your cancer. Did you were you surprised? And I mean, you went on social media, and and certainly yeah. people know you guys and know your work, obviously. But did it surprise you? It did. I mean, you know, it, it was humbling. Uh -huh. uh, Matt and I have always. We're those kind of people that are uh, givers of ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, through our music, through our time, hanging out with fans after a show, listening, being there for them, or even globally, you know, like yes. if someone says, oh, I had this dream and we're supportive, like, follow it, you know, go do it. You know, we love seeing people succeed and we love helping people. Mm -hmm. And all of that came back tenfold when we made that announcement. Mm. And it was very humbling and it was beautiful and in days where I couldn't find the strength to be positive and fight, you know, sometimes I would go on Facebook and see all these messages or in our Instagram. And it was just a reminder, like there are people out there that care and yes. I've got this and I've got people with me and I'm not alone. And I'm sure for Matt as well, because it was very hard on him. Mm. You know, I like to tell people I had to just sit there and they could stick me and prod me and, you know, I had to recover from surgeries and, and the chemo. That's almost the easy part. Because mm. I was just a live rat in a way, you know, like I just do what I'm told. 
he had to like clean and cook and, you know, be there emotionally and see me when I was down and feeling terrible. And I think it was a, in a lot of ways, it's harder on the caregivers. And so I think a lot of that love and support helped both of us immensely. You know, and I agree, and I have some experience with this. So we're going to give a shout out of to all caregivers, those who, um, uh, you know, who are there for for our spouse and families and friends when they most need us, and without judgment, uh, doing whatever it takes to, to you know, step up to the plate so that the patient can have as easy a time as possible. There are so many statistics on how it is as difficult for the caregiver as the patient. So I'm glad the two of you had each other. Let's put it that way. Matt, yes. I, I wonder your songs and the lyrics of your songs in particular, do you think they influenced your fans or, or the response of the fans to the diagnosis? Uh, well, I guess we do pride ourselves on lyrics that are very honest and... I would say insightful into the human spirit. So mm. I, I would say yes. You know, people have connections with us. Fans, um, we're very hands-on in our connections with our fans. Mm. We really are have strong links, and it's it's more like friendships. And so they kind of know us and know who we are, and also through our our lyrics. So I think they have an understanding. So when we spoke during the cancer you know battle they knew we were speaking from the heart mm -hmm. um and so i think yes i think there was a stronger kind of connection they really felt like they were by our side through this battle and in many ways they very much were mm -hmm. um our fan community that we built over years of touring just really rallied around us immediately um and that's in, in fact that's what the song in it together is really about mm -hmm. is you know once we made this announcement people just are rallied around us in love and support immediately and it just kind of opened our eyes um to that and also the wonderful cancer community you know heather always says it's it's like a, a club that you never want to join you know, yeah be in yeah. join but but right. it's it really the beautiful thing and so that really inspired in it together it's kind of a a circle of love there because you are going through it and taking care of one another and going public brings in the love of the of your worldwide fans and beyond of course but also the cancer community the family the club one never wants to be a member of uh, <laughs> and then the the finish that circle they are being inspired by your the lyrics of your songs to respond to you in this way so it's like Wow, there was a lot going on there, an awful lot. And it all started, yeah. uh, you know, with um, that unexpected, I guess, and and feared. I know that there's no warning for it. I mean, uh, when it comes to breast cancer, in my opinion, anyway, I'm no, no doctor, but it's not like something, you did something. It's just right. you wake up one morning and there it is. And, you know, you have choices and you guys chose to carry on. So thank you for being on the show and sharing all of that. I wonder, Heather, we've We've talked a lot. We've answered my first 10 questions, by the way, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay because, wow, I need time to hold myself together anyway. I wonder if um, if, if you, you, you know, you heard from people fighting with cancer. Matt mentioned that as well. 
And if so, do you mind sharing one or two of those stories or experiences and how you responded? Or did Matt have to respond? Did you reach a point where you could not respond? I mean, physically just couldn't deal with it. You know, I couldn't. Um, and we made a conscious decision right off the bat as soon as we went public. I got off of social media completely. Mm. Because as we all have seen this year, it can be a very negative place. Yes. And I really, when I, I decided, I was just like, this is a sabbatical. This is a year I'm taking off. I'm going to work on me. And I'm going to fight this cancer. And I'm going to beat it. But I'm only going to surround myself by positive thoughts you know, and positive emotions, because mm. that's what helps. Cancer, in a lot of ways, is a mental battle. Yes. You know, and so I didn't get on there, but Matt would filter through, and yes. then he'd say, like, you have to read this, you know, and then I would sometimes, when I did get too tired, I would just kind of tell him what to say, and he would type it out, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of be that go-between for me. Yes. But I mean, it, it, you know, even just going to the doctor, it was beautiful. One day I was going into my first radiology appointment and I was really scared because as a singer, you know, I, you, you see things on the internet and like, you know, not that long ago, radiation was really bad for your lungs, for yes. your heart. They've come so far. And, yes. you know, every time I would donate to cancer causes, I never, ever thought in a million years that it, I was going to be benefiting from it. Mm. Technology's come so far, but I was scared. I'm going to my radiology, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, please don't damage these lungs. I'm a singer. Mm. And I've got no hair. I've got the beanie on and, you know, kind of slowly walking. And this woman is leaving the center and going into her car, and she looks at me, and she says, hey, I've got the same doctor as you. Because it was one doctor there, you know, uh -huh. at the center. And she said, she's awesome. You're going to love her. You're in good hands. Look at me. I'm okay, and I'm going to pray for you. And got in the car and they rode off and I thought that sums it up. I don't know you, but you're going to be okay. Look at me and yes. I'm going to pray for you. And that's what I'm kind of doing now and that for other people. It's like, look at me. I I'm okay. You're going to be okay. And I'm going to keep praying for you. Yeah. You just pay it forward in that beautiful circle. Okay. Well, I for one need a break. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. All right. We are. Yes. But I'm so glad you're with us, uh, not just on the radio, by the way. So we're going to take a short break for the host. <laughs> uh, uh, we've been talking to, and yes, um, the Grammy-nominated band Dosat Saint-Marie, Matt Dosat and Heather Saint-Marie. And we're going to be right back. It's, please stay with us. There's a lot more to come because now we're going to talk about their latest song, In It Together to Fight the Cancer Campaign. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now, another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Do you know the French actress Melanie Laurent? Likely not by name, but you will have seen her in Inglorious Bastards, or as Ewan McGregor's love interest in Beginners. The Day I Saw Your Heart succeeds largely due to Laurent's presence and that of Michel Blanc, who plays her father, Eli. Never quite able to communicate well with his girls, he is more often than not in trouble for his insensitive jokes and utterances. Daughter Justine, played by Laurent, moves from relationship to relationship, never quite clicking with her many loves. But when she is done with them, Eli takes them on as the sons he never had. Unbeknownst to Justine, he brings them into his business and they become his golf buddies. 
Now 60 and feeling his age, Eli and his new wife are having another child. The girls just don't understand. Why another child for a man who has no feeling for the children he has? The Day I Saw Your Heart is one of those airy relationship comedies the French are so good at. It thrives on subtle, touching, and amusing moments and rises above the norm due to its wonderfully expressive leads. The Day I Saw Your Heart, not in theaters, discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and we're today talking to the dynamic duo Dozat Saint Murie. And that would be Matt Dozat and Heather Saint Murie here to talk about In It Together to Fight Cancer Campaign. And that's a collaboration now with the Grammy nominated band Dozat Saint Murie and the American Cancer Society. They're going to be launching a video, a music video, of In It Together at 1 p.m. November 13th, 2020. So we were, we've been talking a great deal about what Heather and Matt have gone through since the diagnosis of cancer, and now we're going to talk about what they are doing about it besides beating it into the ground. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess then I, I want to know how did the... Tell us about how the In It Together campaign came together. How did you launch this collaboration with the American Cancer Society? Well, you know, it took us by surprise. And I've heard this is actually kind of common. No one really wants to talk about it. Is that after you beat cancer, you know, my my oncologist says, you know, congratulations, you're cancer-free. As of today, we're moving into preventive maintenance for the next 10 years to make Mm. sure it doesn't come back. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we go home, and I'm supposed to be celebrating. I mean, I'm cancer-free. Yes. And the next day or two, I kind of looked at Matt, and I said, you know, I just, I don't know, it's weird. I'm in this funk. And he said, I am too. Mm-hmm. And we started really talking about it, and it was almost like a mini depression. And it was so odd. And then we realized that what it is is for, you know, a year and a half, every day you get up and you've got this battle. Yes. And you know what you've got to do and you're fighting and you're fighting. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you're aimless Mm. and you've Mm. got no purpose, Mm. you know. And so you think you're going to be happy, but actually you're kind of sad. You're lost Mm. and like a drift. Yes. And so, again, pulling from our touring experiences... You know, we're like, there's always this crash that happens after a tour, especially yes. big ones or long ones. Yes. You come home and you just kind of sit on the couch and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and we thought, okay, this is like that. So what do we do? We're going to focus our energy on something. And the biggest and best thing that we thought we could do was focus our energies on helping other people because the shocking statistic, in my case with breast cancer, one in eight women in America will be diagnosed with breast cancer at mm. some form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's shocking. Yes. And cancer alone, I mean, every single person walking on this planet has been touched by it in some way, shape, or form. Yes. You know, and so we figured what better thing to do than to create a campaign of awareness and of fundraising, you know, Mm -hmm. and so Matt can talk if he wants, because I don't want to take over again, but, you know, he can talk (laughs) about the song. Feel free to, but... (laughs) Well, but Matt, tell us about it. Yeah, so we were just, you know, uh, obviously what can we do we're we're songwriters and performers so that's one way we can give so we we thought about it we had this idea of this music video that kind of had it it loosely would tell our story Mm -hmm. 
but you know people can relate because many have gone through the same yes. and then also kind of driving home that that statistic it just you know one in eight women will will be diagnosed so we got in touch with some uh, filmmaker friends of ours Sebastian Paquet and Ali Roberto and we assembled a team of beautiful people that had some their own uh, you know attachment to cancer in some way mm-hmm. and we just went out to the desert out to Joshua Tree and we filmed this beautiful music video Heather was still still in treatment I think at that yeah. point we didn't really know exactly what we were doing with it we just kind of had this loose idea and we just you know again we we often just follow our hearts mm-hmm. and so we just did it we just went and did it mm-hmm. filmed this awesome video and then once we got it back we looked at it and we're like wow this has potential of being huge maybe mm-hmm. even bigger than we imagined so let's go all the way to the top let's go to the american cancer society and yes. pitch it see what happens you mm-hmm. know and we did so and they're like guys this is amazing count us in we're go let's go and yeah. so um you know we've got this campaign happening that we're launching and um, you know as heather said it's it's raising awareness and raising funds to fight the you know fund a, a future hopefully that will be cancer free and you know who knows where life is going to take us first of all we all think we yeah. we got it all planned out. And as a director, I'm a, I'm a planner. I know in my head, I see the show. I'm, I have in mind what I want to do with it, the set, the works. I walk into that first read-through, and here are these people sitting around a table, you know, the cast, and they start reading. It changes everything because they bring to it what they bring to it. And I just wonder now, you have joined with the American Cancer Society in this great effort. It's your new duo. It, Heather mentioned the fact that one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. It's an astounding number. And we are more and more aware of numbers, whether it's COVID or Alzheimer's or cancer or ballots. The numbers are educating us. But there's something else I think you guys are doing with In It Together. It's early detection. Yes, Heather, what do you think? Absolutely. The earlier you can you know, start getting your treatments, the better your chances of survival, you know, and so that's what we're telling women is like, you know, yeah, it's not fun to get a mammogram, Mm. you know, and the thing I didn't know, if you have a family history of cancer, you should be getting tested 10 years before that person's age when they got cancer. And that goes for all cancers. So I should have been tested and started getting my mammograms as a young girl, because I have two grandmothers who had cancer, Mm -hmm. both sides. So, you know, that's the awareness also is, you know, I thought, oh, I'm not old enough for that yet, you know? Mm. And what we're finding out now, like one of the girls in our video has already survived cancer twice. Wow. Breast cancer. And she's a young, beautiful, vivacious woman. And that's kind of what we want to tell people is that there are young people getting all kinds of cancers. Yes. You know, so we all need to be on top of our health, you know, staying on top of all of those tests, mm-hmm. whether it's breast cancer or prostate cancer or colon cancer, skin cancer. I mean, we all need to be taking care of ourselves. Yes. Okay. Who came up with an anthem of hope and unity? Tell us what that is, Matt, and what it means to us and to you. Well, the unity part, the, the in it together part, as I was saying, it really, that's what uh, hit us, you know, when we announced our cancer battle is just you know the all these people that just really rallied around us in love and support 
it was such a beautiful thing and, and it it really helped our journey and so we were compelled to write this song and you know so it really is kind of promoting that unity and that unity was our hope mm. and what got us through mm -hmm. and it's a unity i think if i may not only between the two of you but the unity with the larger community the unity with the, your fans the unity with that club none of us wants to join does that follow through for you absolutely yeah I we guess we use a little unity right now, I believe. Yes. <laughs> well, yes. yes, yes. Heaven knows. Okay. But in, in it together, we'll launch, as I said, its music video premiere at 1 p.m. November 13th, 2020. I wonder if we could talk now about the special text to give campaign that has been set Absolutely. up. Yeah. Tell us about that, how that works. So it, we, we want to make this very simple and, you know, we understand that this has been a crazy year for everyone. You mm -hmm. know, everyone's been hit hard financially, but there are people dealing with cancer right now. Yes. And I just could not imagine having to go through what I went through this year. So, you know, if you want to donate $25, all you have to do is text DSM band to 20222. So if you text out the letters DSM BAND to the number 20222, it'll automatically donate $25. Tax-deductible. Yes. Tax-deductible directly Cancer to Society. American Cancer Society. If you're fortunate enough that you haven't been hit as hard or you just really feel it in you and you want to donate more, you can go and set up a landing page at our website, dsm.band slash ACS. And there is, again, the text to give information. You can donate with a credit card there, or you can mail in a check if it's a very large donation that you'd like to make. And again, all the funds go to American Cancer Society, and they're going to use that for research and for all the many programs they have so that hopefully we won't be talking about this in the future. We won't have cancer anymore. Yeah. Well, that certainly is the hope and the mission. You know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I wonder... Most of us are not even aware. We know we hear cancer research all the time, and we presume at NIH and places all over the, the nation and world, for that matter, there are doctors and scientists who are trying to find a cure for the many cancers. It's almost a shame to ever say cancer singular, because there are mm -hmm. cancers, a number of them. Most of us, as you've said already, we've been touched by it in one way or another. But I wonder... What about the programs and the services? Can you throw out some of uh, being what you've been through? To, well, uh, yeah. yeah. One of them touched me actually very personally when we started talking to American Cancer Society and we asked them that, like, let, let, tell us about some of the research that you funded. Yes. And they were telling us that they funded a program at UCLA that created a drug that has been very successful in doubling the life expectancy of women with metastatic breast cancer, which is the worst kind of breast cancer. Yes, incurable. My jaw fell to the floor mm. because I'm actually in a clinical trial at UCLA for that very drug. Oh, wow. Because now they're thinking that it's so successful with women with the uncurable breast cancer that I'm in the next stage of aggressive but curable cancer. Mm. And so I'm actually participating in this clinical trial with that medication because they're hoping that it will help 
so that this never comes back yes. for me because that's now the, the you know what we're doing is making sure it doesn't come back so i i was shocked because mm. i'm actually benefiting from research from the american cancer society right now you know and a lot of people don't realize like my grandmother went through breast cancer in the 1950s mm. she had no options i mean it was just a complete butcher job mm-hmm. you know took out all of her lymph nodes just took everything yes and obviously that was necessary she's still around mm. the guy she turned 99 this september all she right cancer four times she's a warrior yes i kept thinking like you know for me i went in it was almost mind-boggling all the choices i have mm. what type of reconstruction do you want do you want this do you want that would you like this that Here's this new program. It's unbelievable how far we've come, but without funds, we can't go further. Yes. You know, and a lot of these companies, you know, we've all been hit hard, but it was astounding to hear that like American Cancer Society has gotten half of what they usually get by Mm. this time this year. Mm. So they're really working hard. And guys, I mean, if you're worried that the money's going to go to something else, trust me, when we've been talking to them, you know, we're like, look, we really want to make this on as many eyes as we can. Maybe we should run some Facebook ads and Google ads. And they were like, guys, we cannot. We're on spending lockdown Mm. because we have no money. And I appreciated that Mm -hmm. because I know that my donation, which I have already donated to this fund, is going towards actually helping people and not just running a corporation. So you don't have to worry there. They're above board. It's amazing. There's another circle of love there because the story you've just told, you are a cancer survivor. You want to remain a cancer survivor and you and Matt are working with the American Cancer Society and then you discover the very drug that they are working on, one of the many, but one you were already taken. I call that divine confirmation. What do you call it? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely the universe saying this is what you should be doing right now. Exactly. And and we all... We also always kind of laugh because you know, we all always kind of donated in honor of Heather's grandmother, yes. who was basically the patron saint of our cancer battle. Yes. But then come to find out, you know, that's we, we always donated in honor for, of her, and then it comes back to end up helping us because Heather ended up getting cancer. Yeah. Right. You know, it's full circle. There Lots it is. Full there it on. is. Okay, and we're all in the circle, so it's just a question of where we fit, but we've got to also be in the circle of giving and donating, because as these two have proven, hey, as my grandmama used to say, you can't beat God giving. All right, so let's give all of that information again from the text to give, and well, you just, let's just renew that information so people know how to donate. Go ahead. Absolutely. So if you guys are interested in donating $25, you can text D-S-M-B-A-N-D, that's D-S-M band, to the number 20222. And that will be a $25 tax-deductible donation that goes directly to American Cancer Society. If you'd like to donate in honor of someone or send out a, an early holiday card we, on our website, you can do that, and it'll send out an e-card telling someone that you've donated in their honor. And the website is dsm.band forward slash ACS. And all the information's there. And what is hashtag in it together? Yeah. So, you know, look, we get it. This has been a hard year for everybody. If you don't have any money to donate, we understand. I mean, we're all hurting right now. 
what we ask that you could do that's free is to please share the campaign on Facebook, share it on Instagram, Twitter, and share it with the hashtag in it together so that people will know about it. The more eyes, the more people that might be able to donate and help fund that future without cancer. Excellent. Matt, anything to add to that you want us to take away? Um, no, I think she basically covered it. You know, guys, they would be able to find us at, you know, dsm.band and everything we have going on. DSM is obviously Dozat St. Marie, which sounds a little less expensive than when Marcello says it. <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> it makes it sound super expensive, which I love. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to have to take him out on the road with us. Yeah. 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 Or I could just make a recording, save money, make there a recording ticket. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This has been grand, absolutely grand. We have been talking to some great Americans here, survivors and lovers of humanity and uh, giving back. I mean, how many things can we say about them? Get involved in any way you can, please, with In It Together to Fight Cancer Campaign. You know now how to reach out and let us all unite in hope. How's that? Okay, yeah, you Absolutely. Do? All right, Matt Dozat and Heather Saint-Marie, Grammy-nominated band Dozat Saint-Marie. We wish you all the best. We really do, and I hope you'll stay in touch and keep us up to date, okay? Yeah, we'd love to, and thanks for having us. This has been wonderful. My Appreciate pleasure, it. I assure you. You are um, courage embodied. Thank you so Thank much. You. Bye now. And now, there can be no better finale to our program today than Common Ground, performed by Dozat Saint-Mouri.
Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. America by the Numbers, Hughes, and Ballots 2020's Economic Woes, Friends Separated, and Lessons Unlearned beckon us now before drowning in Thanksgiving for Black Friday to reflect on who we've lost, what we've gained, and the wisdom to recognize the difference. Donald Trump's 2016 election was not a Russian-caused fluke. It was Republican gerrymandering, Georgia's Brian Kemp, and conservative Caucasian males' hatred for the female lesser of two evils. It was an overreaction to an oro in the oval flashback justification of American youth maimed and dying in Cheney Wolfowitz forever oil wars. It was Hoover's faith in privatization relegating government to a corporate line item, though losing to FDR's New Deal, becoming the smoldering infrastructure of corporatism, selling out America from within. It was failing to follow the money of Nixon's Watergate to Government is the Problem, impregnating Reagan's fantasy welfare queen. It was allowing one embittered, vengeful, pale-faced Kentucky curmudgeon cloaked in demagoguery to urinate on America's checks and balances. While 2020 was young black men understandably waiting weary for what their grandparents' Democratic Party failed to deliver, and those Latinos taken in by marketing-in-your-face Trumpism, concealing the secrets in the sauce ingredients, stir-fried McCarthyism and Mussolini's thumbs down. But 2016 was less foreign hackers in our electoral process and more domestic Jim Crow reincarnation, closing darker-hued polling places, tampering with voting machines, straining the ignored. Nonetheless, we persisted. Unlike 2016, 2018 was a course correction and 2020 a putting away of childish things. Not, however, if we delude ourselves into believing America's ill-gotten swamp gains is a one-man bog. It is our insistence on habitually basking in the simplicity of simple answers to the complexities of United We Stand. It's our post-moment of courage, mesmerized by media-herd mentality, convinced by fourth estate descendants to ignore hyperbole, proving we could fit the Grand Canyon in the abyss separating real news reporting from conjecturing talking heads gossiping about a current event or two to the detriment of information that educates all on all else. Greater factual information providers have no Cronkite follower than this, that a stand-up news reporter wannabe network anchor lay down his breaking news misleading leads for the education of just the facts, ma'am, leaving showbiz to talented actors rather than a reality show host hoisted up by the laziness of repetition masquerading as newsworthy. 2016, 2018, 2020, all reveal it was us. Prioritizing beyond mass appeal, what we count and ignore defines us. 1. Glazed over by TV's stagnant electoral votes, 123,000 new COVID-19 cases hardly noted. 2. 
9.83 million American COVID cases due in part to super-spreaders not wearing masks. 3. 236,000 COVID deaths due in part to unpresidential criminal negligence. 4. 545 refugee asylum-seeking families dissected by our 45th president. 5. 37,085 to 37,878 veterans experiencing homelessness. 6. 20 veterans committing suicide every day. Proving the only poll that counts, both Democrat and Republican candidates won more votes than their predecessors, which says more about we the divided than either candidate. Continuing to succumb to red state versus blue state manipulation yields only self-victimizing, because victory, strength, and wisdom come from unity of purpose, thinking for ourselves, yes, but for and about all others. If only we didn't need to label everything and everyone, especially as the point one percent of the top one percent goose us with that cattle prod every time we swipe a credit card. Because we outnumber those whose existence depends on dividing us, pitting right against left is the means to end our balanced core values. It is not radical when both Republican and Democratic governors defy Trump to protect the integrity of our vote-counting process. What is radical is allowing corporate factory farms to decimate family farms. It's not radical to want affordable health care for everyone everywhere, but denying millions this common good is radically anti-American. Radicalism isn't left or right, but people centered on the falsehood that another's good diminishes their opportunities. Believing in protecting the planet isn't radical, but biblical. Embracing Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ rights, and gender equality is evidence of love thy neighbor as thyself, not QAnon. Corporate air polluters and Nestle's attempt to privatize ownership of water is what's radically inhumane. Not societies working together to guarantee all have clean drinking and bathing water, safe from coal ash and oil spills. Healthcare pros and caregivers are radical good Samaritans, but not wearing masks, recklessly irresponsible. To survive presidential transition and the global pandemic, best we choose peace over conspiracy and unity over violence, and for individual protection, familiarize ourselves with this public service reality check. Public schools, post office, fire departments, not defunded police departments, but supplementing them with mental health professionals, united for the collective public good, is socialism. It's our right to worship a sore loser, but voting still remains a privilege, not a constitutional right. Better we count like an 89-year-old veteran signing his ballot on the gurney, transferring from one hospital to another, and share in post-voting tears of a 104-year-old patriot. Because that's American exceptionalism. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard around the world.